Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Thursday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harrich here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was another wild ride today for investors, for our markets, as this short squeeze saga continues and just gets deeper and deeper as today online brokerage firms began banning the buying of some of these stocks that have gone on wild runs, talking about GameStop and AMC. And we're hearing this from traders and investors from our clients all over the nation that it's happening on multiple platforms. You've probably seen a lot of it today with the Robin Hoods of the world doing this, Charles Schwab and many others. Uh, What we're hearing from all over the country is that investors and traders are closing their accounts because their brokerages aren't participating in free market activity here. That's exactly what this is, uh, not allowing for the free market to do its job. So they're telling their brokerages they're going to move their money somewhere else where they can find people who support what they want to do. After all, at the end of the day, it is their money to do with whatever they want. They don't want to be told where they can risk their money or not. And let me just say this, we support that here. Uh, Completely agree that if our trading platform started to do the same thing, we look for other places to put our money. And the reason is that looks a lot like market manipulation to stem the losses here of big institutions. And I mean, first of all, how is that even allowed? I guess we know part of it. There's different rules for the hedge funds than there are for us. Uh, This is something like we've never seen before. When you look at GameStop, this story specifically, GameStop had a short ratio of 140%. How are they allowed to short more than the stock outstanding shares of the stock? That, That doesn't seem like something that should be allowed. Maybe we should focus on that a little bit more than banning the Wall Street bets of the world out there uh, rather than going after these mom and pop shareholders who've been able to make a little bit of money off of this. And we're not hearing that side at all from the likes of the SEC. But Robinhood was the first one to shut down trading here. And I could go into everything about this relationship, uh, but here's I don't want to get too into the weeds, so here's kind of the, the important factors here. Melvin Capital was was one of the first, the big ones, who had a huge short position on GameStop. When that position went against them, they got a, a round of funding of $2.75 billion after that short fell from Citadel, Citadel. Well, Citadel is also Robinhood's biggest customer, making up something like of their revenue a couple of years ago. So what the speculation is out there right now is that Citadel told Robinhood that they had to stop allowing that that trading to happen. No no idea if that's true. It looks like maybe we'll get an investigation. You got people on both sides of the aisle talking about this now, which is great. But if that is true, that's pretty massive criminal behavior against the mom and pop investors, the retail traders out there. And something that's really interesting is that, and more of this is coming out, you've probably heard a lot of it as well. Our new Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, 
This has been talked about for weeks, the amount of money that she received from hedge funds, from Wall Street, and now it's coming out that Citadel paid her over $800,000 for her uh, speaking engagements. uh, And, you know, at first look, you know, maybe there's nothing wrong with that. She's she's very well-versed in all of things finance and Wall Street related, but when you start to see stuff like that, you have to wonder, is she going to go after them? Is there a conflict of interest there? Should she recuse herself from this hearing and get somebody who might be a, a little less partisan in their views going forward? And diving back into the Robin Hood story, they were actually, th- this is what we're hearing, forcing people to sell these positions, opening their account and seeing that, that they had sold that just sounds like massive criminal behavior. And th- what they say is they're doing this to protect the little guy from being hurt. But listen to this. According to Robinhood's data, 56% of their customers own some GameStop stock. So when you shut down investors and traders' ability to buy more shares then of course the price of the stock is going to be moving lower. Uh, so by saving the little guy, you end up leaving them as a bag holder. They, there's, if, they, if they can't buy more, nobody's buying more, of course the stock is going to turn and head lower, which in the end benefits these hedge funds at the end of the day. Uh, it's difficult to watch growing up in the environment of, 2008, 2007 to 2010, and seeing so many friends and family lose lose their jobs, lose their homes, it grew a great deal of mistrust from my generation for Wall Street. And now we're seeing it all over here again. Uh, it is a, a point here that this is where I get hopeful that there is a positive side to this. And that is that Maybe people can wake up to the realities of the system that we operate in. Certainly not free market capitalism, as a lot of people like to claim. That, what we're experiencing here, sounds a lot more like crony capitalism at best. And that's something that both the right and the left, Democrat, Republican, black, white, whatever, we can all agree on that. And hopefully, and it seems like people are really waking up to this, you see... AOC and Ted Cruz on the same side of a topic, uh, that's, that is a rare day. Love to see that. But this is what we're witnessing. It's almost like we're witnessing class warfare, the global elite against the common people. And hopefully, at the end of the day, we can all wake up and realize that we share this same enemy. It's, it isn't what they've tried to do, and I say they in the, in the most uh, obscure way that I possibly can, the, the planners, if you will, um, that hopefully we can realize that they're trying to divide us. They want us to focus on Republican versus Democrat, left versus right, and all of the other ways that they do it to make us forget about the fact that we're actually all on the same team while we bicker, the global elite just keeps the Ponzi scheme going because it's insanely profitable for them. So I've loved seeing the uproar online today from both sides, getting so many calls from our clients, from my friends. It is 
it, it's refreshing in a way. It's not this you versus me mentality. It, people are, are realizing that we're on the same he, team here. And so hopefully if there's anything that we can take from this, any lesson, that that would be it. And hopefully we can take that moving forward. So we'll keep reporting on this short squeeze saga here. It's been a fascinating ride so far, a fun story to watch. I mean, very interesting. So we're going to keep reporting on that here. But for all the turmoil that we saw today in the news around this short squeeze, our markets actually performed all right. We gained back some of the losses yesterday. The Rus- yes, the Russell 2000 did finish lower, and we did finish well off the highs of the day, I will say, but not a bad day all around. For our markets, we were led by the Dow up almost 1%, 0.99% to 30603 followed there by the S&P 500 up just under 1% as well, 0.98% to 3787 followed by the NASDAQ up half a percent to 13,337. And lastly, as I mentioned earlier, the Russell 2000 finishing lower, down one-tenth of 1% to 2,106. And something else interesting today, yesterday we got a big pop in the VIX. Today the VIX was down over 18%, still above a 30 here. That's an elevated VIX, something to keep an eye on, but a big, very similar markets clawing back from some of those gains yesterday in the VIX. And at the end of the day, we've been talking about this here for weeks. We continue to see this as a big time bull market with this much liquidity in the system. Zero Hedge had a piece out that we've been saying 15 trillion. They said it could be as high as 20 and and who knows, you know? It with that level of liquidity in the system, it makes it a lot harder for for the markets to have a meaningful move lower. And that's why we remain big time bullish on this market. And we're going to continue to add to positions and buying positions on dips here. Looking at our internals on the day, it was an interesting day here. And we've been seeing that this week. We've seen some weakness in the internals. Saw a little bit in some places today, but overall a positive day for the internals. NYSE advanced declines coming in nicely over two to one positive on the day. The NASDAQ, um, not quite as positive, but still a strong day with roughly 700 more advancing stocks than declining. New 52-week highs to lows beat as well. But I will point out it's on smaller numbers. We're not seeing those three, four, five hundred as high as seven, eight hundred that we've seen uh, stocks hitting new 52-week highs. But we still came back positive with 171 stocks hitting new 52-week highs to just 33 hitting new 52-week lows. And lastly here, volume. This is where it was really interesting as well. Came in negative on the NYSE, but the NASDAQ, huge beat here. Probably some short covering. This is some pretty high volume here with over $7 billion in advancing volume and about $2.5 billion to the downside. So almost 3 to 1 positive here for the NASDAQ volume. So not a bad day overall from volume at all. Looking at our sectors on the day, strong day. All 11 sectors finishing higher on the day were led by financials. Interesting with what's happening in hedge funds, but that's who led. Uh, we were followed there by materials, industrials, and healthcare. Our laggards on the day, if you want to call them that, less, less gains here, were real estate, consumer discretionary, and tech. And on the tech topic, as we talk about here often, you want to see tech leading the market. That's 
a, a great sign, and you want to see semis lead tech. And semis did lead today. SMH, the semiconductor ETF, finished up over 2% on the day. It was up as much as 4% earlier in the day. So similar to our markets, well off the highs of the day, but still a strong beat there. And if it was in our sector group, it would have been our number one leader on the day. So exactly what you want to see, not bad signs there at all. Finally for today, our VRA Commodity Watch. Going to pull some, some final numbers here. Give me a second. One, one thing I do want to point out on the short squeeze topic, one uh, note that we saw from the Wall Street Bets crowd today was that they want to go long SLV, which would be a, a fascinating short squeeze to watch. As we've seen for years, and some of this has been proven in court now, that Banks like Chase have been participating in market manipulation for commodities trading, specifically gold. Um, but when silver leads this group, that's incredibly bullish. So we'd love to see that going forward. And we saw it today. Silver up over 4% now. Strong day to $26.48 an ounce. Gold down slightly on the day, just over two-tenths of 1% to 1844 Copper up 0.46% to $3.57 a pound. And then lastly here, oil down a little over 1% on the day-to-day to $52.23 a barrel. And finally for today, Bitcoin. I'm going to pull up the final ticker on this as well. Bitcoin having a strong day up over 5.5% to $32,732. Folks, that is all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top, and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.